Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV and Whovians. We have got a big episode to talk about tonight. There's a lot. This is a we're going back in time, classic Doctor Who time travel shenanigans, but with a very poignant message. The most Doctor Who thing it could be. We're talking about Rosa Parks. We're going to talk about what's Crasco. What is who is GFB? Many theories that we have to get to tonight on the Doctor Who AfterBuzz TV After Show. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, yeah, let it rise. Yes. Sink yes. in that theme. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love that theme. It just makes me happy. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV for the Doctor Who After Show. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. I have the whole battle today. <laughs> Everyone's here. Finally. Gathered together. Right. We've got Adrian Snow. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm Adrian Snow. I don't sound like that. <laughs> Please talk like that. You just decided to talk like that for the entire episode. That would right. be great. Zia Anderson. Hey, guys. Super excited. And we got that Dave Child. Hey, I'm Dave Child. It's me, Dave Child. I don't talk like this either. I don't know why we're doing voices. Hey, Dave Hey, hey, hey. Uh, No, guys, we have a very fun episode today. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this one. This is, this felt like very much classic Doctor Who Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Like this is, it was an educational episode, Mm -hmm. um, but with maybe the last scene as an exception, didn't feel like that. Yeah. Uh, The last last scene was sort of like a... And here, hey kids, if you want to learn more, this is your local library. <laughs> um, but I, I thought this was a great episode. What did you guys think of Rosa? Overall, I liked it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it I was drinking my tea. It, it was good. It definitely leans more towards the fictional account of Rosa Parks, which I can talk a little bit more about. Yeah, but, I was gonna... um, but overall, I liked it. You know, I'm from the South, and so whenever I hear people who are clearly not from the South doing an accent, it can be rough on me. But <laughs> Brits doing a Southern I like, accent. <laughs> I was actually wondering that, because I've never been there, but I was like, for some reason, I feel like that's not quite right. Yeah. I mean... Especially the, like, it was the waitress that, there was like, yeah. that's a, that's one of trying to do a Southern... It. it was very... It was very... Y'all coming down to the ranch now? Yeah. 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 And... Don't get me wrong, there are southern people who sound like that, but not every southern person you encounter has the same southern accent, even right. in the same city. So, <laughs> I mean, Brits have a much easier handle on doing a southern accent because it's closer to their own accent, just like southerners have an easier time switching into a British accent. But, huh. yeah. I, I imagine it's the same thing whenever Americans are trying to do a British accent. They're like, he's that's not he's not from Wales. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. Well, Wales is a totally different accent from London. So it's like, you have to know the kind And of they're stuff. just like, we're doing southern. Like, what do you want? From yeah. This? <laughs> okay. Uh, Z, Z, what did you think? I like the episode a lot. It um It makes you feel... A lot. This episode makes you feel things. So I was sitting there like, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> during some moments of yeah. it was really good. I also really um, liked watching the doctor again in this episode kind of become the doctor. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing her sort of solidify her character a little bit. She had some swagger in this episode that I really liked. Uh, so it was really cool. So overall, it was good. And I yeah. don't know what Southern accents sound like because I've never been there. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like this episode a lot. It it actually didn't feel like classic Doctor Who to me. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I feel like they often don't do. I thought this was a fun episode, but it also had like that t- saving time, trying to save time sort of thing, mm-hmm. which usually Doctor Who does, and then they throw in a crazy alien in there too. <laughs> but the fact that it was like saving time against like. A, a just future racist was kind of unique for this, and I kind yeah. of liked it. And it kind of this this ages me, but it kind of made reminded me of Quantum Leap because yeah. it was it felt like he was just trying, or it felt like they were all just trying to like make sure history stayed on track and it was the best pos- possible outcome. Yeah, the entire time, which and it was very Quantum Leapy in that way. Yeah, which is like nice to have like a good solid time travel episode because mm-hmm. often they do the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Where they just kind of, they even have like an important figure, but then they do stuff like bring him to the future, so, you know, and all that stuff and kind of have fun with him. Or it's like Winston Churchill with Daleks. Yeah. It's not a piece of history, it's just a historical figure in a weird context. So it was nice to see them like planning out like the whole, how are they going to make sure Rosa Parks is there and Uh, all that like stuff. Super crazy that a bunch of British people know so much about an American black icon. True. Uh, and and and, and Martin was well, like, I, hey, I don't too. even know that much. Well, but they they still had like, well, the, one they had a bus driver. One of them is a bus driver, and the other but one. But he only was knew like, that from his wife. Yeah, and his wife was like a, ex- a giant Rosa Parks fan. So yeah, it was convenient, but it was at least. I'm they they could have gone easier. They could have gone they could have gone to the TARDIS, which for one, I don't know why they didn't hang out in the yeah, TARDIS. Why, why did they go to the motel? The but anyways. They, they 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 did say the doctors didn't want to because Crasco knew that they were gonna go there. Right. So, so they yeah. didn't want to confront him. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. But they they still could have found a way to just beep boop into the doc, into the computer of the TARDIS and be like, Oh, this is her route, this is her whole plan. This is everything. So the fact that they had a montage of them like studying her moves and studying yeah. like how to get in contact with her, where she lived, that was more than a lot of time travel shows tend to do. Uh, yeah, and that was interesting. But think about, for those of us who remember the early 90s, mm-hmm. how hard it was to get someone's address. Or right. if you didn't have a yellow book, or and even a yellow book only gave you the phone number. Mm-hmm. There, the difficulty of navigating the things that they navigated, I guess, is very impressive, and, and that should be honored. But at the same time, it took me out a bit that they, one, knew so much about Rosa Parks as as British people. Because uh, I can't yeah. tell you a single thing about any type of British history outside of yeah. war from the... 15, 14, 1300s. But, like, maybe that's just me being a horrible person. Um, but it, it, it just it seemed a bit crazy that they knew so much. Right. Yeah. It did make me wonder how, like, because uh, that is something I've never thought of before, is how are these civil rights leaders that have become moments in, in history for Americans, mm-hmm. how do they translate to, to mm-hmm. the Brits? Like, do people know Rosa Parks by name? Yeah. Is yeah, that I mean, something? like, I, we grew up going in, in going to American 
schools yeah. like that was on the curriculum because you're studying American history constantly. Right. Yeah, but to, we don't study British history. I have like to that. ask: Did you guys study a lot of Hawaiian history? No. Okay. No, yeah. I, did you so grow up in Hawaii? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm from there, and yeah. we Hawaiian history. Every single year. I actually mm-hmm. probably learned more about that than I did about a lot of American history. That came later. The only reason I know so, so much about civil rights is because I grew up um, partly in Atlanta. Ah. And so you learn a lot more about civil rights. because so You do sort of like yeah. like learn the regional stuff. Like Wherever being in New York, like we learn a lot about the American Revolution, especially yeah. the stuff like the Boston Massacre, like all the stuff that yeah. happened in the Northeast mm-hmm. because it's local. Like there's... George Washington's house is down the street, so like, you could right. go there. Yeah, that's so um, cool. but like so, and I, I I appreciate this episode for the the teaching part of it. Chibnall did say that he was going to make this somewhat more of a kids show, more back towards classic. what it was. Yeah. But this did what I liked about I was, and that had concerned me a little bit that we were gonna that they were gonna soften the show too much mm-hmm. for that. Um, this episode sort of showed me that they're not going to because they didn't really pull those punches too hard. Like mm-hmm. they were showing. Like they were showing the horrible people. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. they didn't. They didn't have to go the full distance, but they said that they mentioned those things. They yeah. mentioned the lynchings that would have happened at the time. They didn't need to show them because there's no yeah. on this show. That's not necessary. And often, like it's nice to see a time. It's not nice, but it's nice to see a time traveling show when people of color travel through time. It addresses it. It addresses yeah. that issue mm-hmm. that happens because I, that can kind of be blown past and just no one really talks about it. Well, and, and it's ridiculous and not realistic when you do that. You're yes. like, okay, let's just pretend like that didn't happen. Right. I will yeah. say, out of all the showrunners, Chibnall was the one who confronted it m- most uh, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end, Moffat with 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 Bill <laughs> I was like, Billy? No, that's Rose. Bill, um, had that one episode where they did go back to the 1800s and and she had a few moments, but it, it all, but I don't know. It was weird because it almost made it feel like British racism wasn't as harsh as American racism. Right. It's kind of which yeah. maybe I don't know if I believe that, especially by what yeah. they were saying in the actual episode about the racism that they face in current day. Mm-hmm. Uh, UK, right? So, it, which I don't it know, was yeah. that was nice though. It was nice that it was they nice talked about. That. It was nice that they didn't just do. I feel like something that often happened in the nineties in these shows, in time traveling shows, is they're like, wait till they get to now where everything is perfect, mm-hmm. and right now we can't have that feeling. Mm-hmm. We can't, and they they need to address the the idea that this is still something that's happening, and even the bad guy was from the far future. But a super racist. So, yeah. so, guys, I do yeah. want to I do want to toss over uh, to the chat because I just noticed this. Out of yeah, I was going to say like, this too. Shadrach uh, Del Monte says I'm British and was educated about Rosa Parks, and then right then Vicky says I'm from New Zealand and we learned about Rosa Parks. Oh, so okay. that's fair. And, and like, I'm just... not saying I didn't expect them to know about Rosa Parks. I'm saying the extent to which they knew about Rosa Parks was I didn't know she was a seamstress. That's something I didn't know, I didn't know for either. Rosa Parks. I do know like. Mm. A couple of odd facts, yeah. like she wasn't the first black woman to be like kicked no. off, kicked out of a bus, but she was the face of the of the actual whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So, uh, Adrian, you mentioned that the this is not quite accurate in the account. Well, it's not completely inaccurate, but it kind of it kind of quiets the fact that she was already a trained activist. That uh, bus boycotts were happening at that time, where people were doing bus sit-ins. 
I think one of the first ones to do it was Claudette Colvin. Mm-hmm. And she was, but she was also 14 and, and pregnant. pregnant and, and unmarried. So, and unmarried and couldn't necessarily be... She even said like she was considered to be more of an aggressive choice, whereas Rosa Parks is a light-skinned black woman with silky hair and is quiet and, and mm-hmm. you know, gives and is married and gives the impression older. of being... But not that much older. She's only 42, mm-hmm. but gives the impression of being... Um, an acceptable face of a movement because people will have empathy for her by her appearance and by her life. Um, so when she made the choice to sit, like, cause I was reading about it today, she didn't, she wasn't actually tired cause her feet hurt. She was just tired of having to deal with the current situation and sit-ins were already a part of the program of the civil rights movement. And she was a part of the civil rights movement by that right. time. Yeah, I guess their 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 way of, of hinting at her being involved was that meeting that Ryan was at yeah. with, with Dr. King. And, and they did honor that, but I think even when they said that, oh, well, she was tired, which is why they gave her the coat to make her work longer, mm. I was like, yeah, that's not, that's not. Yeah, she was planning on doing this. Yeah. It wasn't a just, oh, the, today is the day I'm tired. Yeah. She was getting on the bus. And I but guess that's one guys, of the... Sorry, did you guys catch that James Blake appeared in the top of the episode and then comes back? So, And that's based on a true story that mm. he kicked her, basically left her out in the rain on the bus. And then when she went oh. to go to to her sit-in, she, it wasn't until like she was faced with him that she realized he was the same bus driver. I didn't we realize that. Bus, yeah. Oh, and they yeah. do what they honor it in the there. episode. He's there at the top. That's, that's a nice good. detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did their research. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and that is one of those things where I guess history would have probably, even if the doctor didn't interfere, course corrected itself. Mm, to possibly, yeah. Ha- like if 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 Rosa Parks was that adamant about doing it, she mm-hmm. would have done it a different day. Yeah, and then also, but then again, butterfly effect. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. does it work more because it happened on that day than the other day? Which I appreciate them talking about the. the Essentially, they are talking about the butterfly effect. So yeah, right. Yeah, um, it, and it's it's interesting to think about. Like, so let's um, before we uh, get deeper into the episode, I want to talk because I want to talk about Crasco and like we got to talk about this weird alien greaser from the future. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, alien greaser convict from the future who mm-hmm. is maybe a time agent, and there's all kinds of theories we're getting yeah, into. But before we do all that. Uh, Zia has a word from AfterBuzz. Yes, AfterBuzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows. From reality TV, drama, sci fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that is tailor made for you. And you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be because they are optional. Um, so hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air. For now, thank you for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Subscribe to YouTube so that you can, if you're listening to us, you get to see our pretty faces. Yeah. Well, two of them are pretty. The others are me and Dave. Um, whoa. Whoa. I was thinking I was, thinking I was, thought, I was like, well, obviously I'm one of the pretty. <laughs> And then you just took me down. Look, Dave, I don't know how to. <laughs> um, but uh, again, thank you guys so much for, for subscribing and continue to do so. Um, let's talk about our villain. 
in this one because mm-hmm. um, I really want to get into this because racist greaser from <laughs> the future <laughs> traveling through time trying to do racist stuff. So yeah, let's let's take let's take like <laughs> stock of like all that we know about this guy. His name is Crasco. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was trying he, to figure out how to spell that. I spelt it like three times. It's with two K's. <laughs> I saw that on the thing. Yeah, on the subtitles it had K R A S K O, and that's on IMDb too. So his name is another, Crasco. He went to another K in there. he went to storm. <laughs> he was sentenced to Storm Cage Prison for some act where he murdered two thousand people. River song, Easter egg. <laughs> that's the prison she's in. That, the is, prison that she's in. Yeah, that's right. Oh. That's right. Oh. And there's a theory that where he got his vortex manipulator was from River Song. Oh. She oh. So yeah, that's the other thing. He, he has a a vortex manipulator. The the tool, the cheap, dirty time travel of a time agent. Um, he knows what a target is. Cheap and nasty. Cheap and nasty. Time travel. Uh, cheap and nasty time travel. Uh, AK, uh, similar to that of Jack Harkness. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it's likely not his vortex manipulator because the last time we saw his was in the vault of the British. Um, uh, who had it? Uh, it was in the fiftieth anniversary special. Oh, okay. With right. uh, with unit oh. unit had it in the okay. vault, and oh, then the doctor okay. used it to to. Or um, rather, Clara used it to, to boop yes. out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so beyond that, he is so he had a suitcase mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And if you notice on the suitcase, and I'm assuming this is to mean supposed to mean something, because mm-hmm. otherwise, why would you put it there? There are mm-hmm. th- there are initials G F B. And I'm trying to figure out what it's that big means. big friendly giant spelled backwards. <laughs> yeah. He's just a really big fan of that movie. Giant friendly big. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously. Um, that was uh, my, like, mystery solving brain, like, immediately went to overdrive. Like, mm-hmm. Gallifreyan from birth. I feel like. Or from birth. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, George Franklin Perbopolis. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. I uh one thing that I think is kind of for sure cuz he had a weird weapon. He had a weapon that I guess he was able to actually attack people because he wasn't technically hurting them. No, you know, he's you putting know what them his weapon power. does yeah. is his weapon Temporal displacement is yeah. also what the weeping angels do. Weeping angels so he had a do. weeping angel weapon. And then he oh, got. Damn, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah. That's totally what it is. Yeah, it's totally what it is. It's like a handheld weeping angel, but it also takes people to the future too. It doesn't because mm-hmm. he was putting them into the future, and then he, uh, um, then they well, set it a, to the past. A dial on it that really mm-hmm. could move it. So that's he, why. Yeah. yeah. So he went to the past sometimes, and I feel like at the end when he shot, just to jump right to the end. So I feel like we haven't seen the end of him. No. I feel like he's going to come back. One thing that's interesting in the chat that people have said uh, is one is that they think that first his backstory and motivation was pretty weak, says Walker the Seventh. But right above him is uh, Melissa, who says the villain I felt was more racism as a whole. And not just Crasco, the guy. And I think that's actually kind of true of the episode, which yeah. is maybe why his ending felt a little anticlimactic, because they felt like, we're still battling Well, racism. that's the thing. The way that he was dispatched mm-hmm. felt like he's coming back. Yeah. And maybe right. it's maybe it's not in this episode, maybe he comes back later, but it was so sudden, and like he wasn't, he wasn't killed. He was sent forward in mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I have to think... He's back going to time, be actually. back in time. Back in time. Yeah. Well, um, that also um, the actor playing him, Josh Broman, is Bowman. My bad, Josh Bowman um, is 
relatively well-known actor um, mm-hmm. in terms of he was on Revenge, if you watched that show. So I would imagine that they would use him more than once, unless he's just a big Doctor Who fan. I mean, Mr. Big's going to be in the next episode, and that right. kind of blew my mind. That's right. Yeah, so, the little, like, <laughs> next week episode. I was like, is that Mr. Big? I was like, American <laughs> infiltration. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I wanted to get a little bit more of, like, why he was there. Like, how yeah. this affected him. Like, mm-hmm. the, they, gave, I, I, they gave us the name of his, of the asteroid, but they didn't explain how that connected to his crime, did they? No, the Rosa Parks asteroid? Yeah. I think, I think, I think that was just her. like, look, she's in space, too. But that's, but so. But she's never forgotten. Then, yeah. then mm-hmm. So you guys tell, clear it up if, if I miss something. So how does. Like butterfly effect aside, like right. how does Rosa Parks on Earth affect this guy in the seventy sixth century? Well, this is what I'm, he said. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh, I, well, I'm just I'm thinking. He said to keep you all in your place. Yeah. I'm thinking that he just for some reason is like I can't handle being equals with black people, even though this has hopefully been happening for years and years. That he is just super super racist yeah, and yeah. wants to go back to keeping things segregated. Yeah. I think he might also just be, because he killed 2,000 people? 2,000 yeah. people, yeah. So he might be somebody who is just like one of those crazy eugenic people who doesn't yeah. who doesn't want anyone that doesn't look like him. Like a Hitler uh, type. Yeah. 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 And, oh. But I think there was a question in the, in the no, episode no, I just... where I think there was like a sense of like, where is this what is this guy's motivation? We don't know. How is he going to change the history? Got it. And then when he does reveal, like, oh, no, I'm just super racist, it kind of made things make more sense to yeah. me. Well, there was also, I'm going to give Radio Times credit for this, but uh, there's a theory that Chibnall was basing it off an episode called The Time Meddler from uh, Hartnell's Years. Mm. It was, like, the season finale time or series meddler. finale of that and it was about medals for time yeah and that's essentially all he wanted to do is that he just wanted to create like little um problems throughout history to kind of Mm -hmm. take things off path Hmm. oh yeah i remember this episode Mm -hmm. the they went to a viking thing yeah 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 yeah. um i i do want to like i want to know if there's more here with mm-hmm. this guy, like it, uh, it feels flat. If this is it, if this is it, mm-hmm. but we're not getting a ton of tie-in plot lines this year. That's supposedly. what they said. But I also think Chibnall's lying because the second episode they immediately made a reference right. to the alien from the first episode. Mm-hmm. True. So I think Chibnall's just lying, to y'all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna keep. He's building throw up, you off the trail. Yeah, he's building up things that kind of come back. And yeah. I feel like maybe in a way that they're kind of. It's not building to a bad wolf situation or anything. Yeah. I think it's just... Though bad wolf was awesome. Yeah, it is. But it's... I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. But, like, uh... (laughs) Well, I think... uh, I do feel like they are just setting up these, like, kind of characters that can come back for other, like, one-off. Yeah, maybe. I am thinking Timeless Child might be our bad wolf. Ah. Where we look back at that drop and it's like, oh, that was the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah, and and if that's the case, I'm glad they didn't mention it in this episode. Yeah, it was nice because sometimes yeah. Doctor Who gets the I you don't know, start to notice the the thing early much. on. Yeah, yeah. I did want to say a fun fact about the woman who played Rosa Parks, uh, Vinette Robinson. Robinson, who you probably recognize from Sherlock, but uh, she also was in an episode, or he, she was in Chris Chibnall's first Doctor Who episode back in 2006, uh, episode 42. So there's just another. Quick little fun thing. Yes. Chibnall, he ties stuff in, you guys. He, he's lying. <laughs> yeah. um, what was... Oh, so before we move off of Crasco, 
Crisco. It's Crisco. I, <laughs> I want to call him Crisco. I feel like we should just rename him Crisco. He's just plain white. He's not very good. Crisco. Um, yeah, there you go. But he, so I just think this theory is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that GFB could stand for giant face of bow. <gasps> oh, but don't giant don't you dare, is not what they say. Don't you though. dare no, tie this racist prick to not. our Jack Harkness no. unless he stole these from someone. One thing I do like. I hope he kind of comes back as a villain because I do like the premise of a villain who can't directly hurt people. Yeah, because he still is. He still has that chip in his head. He yeah, has to get so, creative. Yeah, and somebody in the chat, I, I don't know, was saying this chip was similar to. What is your name, my friend? Time Lady Rose Halliwell was saying the chip is similar to the chip in Spike from Angel. I'm mm. always here for a Buffy reference. Uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it reminded me of something from uh, from Ender's Shadow. Actually, if anyone read that book, like a chip that prevented somebody from thinking about a specific topic right? Oh. because it was like something that was outlawed and it was a scientist who was just not allowed to do research. They mm. literally put a chip in his brain mm. to prevent him from even thinking too much about that subject. See, it right. seems like a really good idea. You're like, oh yeah, put a chip in murder and rapist heads and then they won't do those things anymore. It's a form of rehabilitation, but that could get very dangerous very quickly. That's that's where <laughs> it, that, the whole that idea, it's it's it, very similar to like ancient like practices of like castration, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just put into a sci-fi context, but it is effective here. But he still finds ways to do terrible things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so let's get into a little bit more. I want to talk about the companions mm-hmm. in this episode yeah. and how they all handled this because it was, this was. I think something that the episode handled really well is how the differences between how, not just how they were treated, but how they all handled themselves yeah. in the situation between Graham, Ryan, and um, and Yaz. I just want to say that Graham saying that his name is Steve Jobs and then <laughs> inventing the iPhone just off the cuff in 1955 was the best. Yeah. I loved it. Graham was like, he kind of stole the show for me in a lot of ways. He just had these great moments like when he's talking about his wife and talking about like yeah. how he had the she used to have the spirit of Rosa, you really got he's really good. Like you got a sense of I was missing her, even though we just spent like one episode with her mm-hmm. and I just he, he really carried that off really well. And also a really emotional moment for me and for some of the people on the chat is when Graham realizes he has to be one of the white guys on the bus yeah. who mm-hmm. doesn't help her. And he just, like, hates that. And he hates the fact he's like, I don't want to be a part of it. There were great performances all around in that moment. Like, between, um, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, the woman that plays Rosa Parks. Oh, uh, 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 Vignette Robinson. Yeah, I I thought, like, the way that she, her very, like, determined, like, like, sense in that moment. And you could see that, like, that that level of, like, I I know what I'm supposed to do here. Yeah. I'm thinking about it into that decision of, like, I am doing this. Ten times more likable in this than Sherlock, to the point that it took me <laughs> reading something that she was in Sherlock for me to be like, oh, yeah, that is her. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, she had a, a great performance. I really was impressed, actually, with Ryan, which, from first episode, you all know I was not uh, particularly impressed with what they were doing with his character. Um, but I'm just glad he didn't face another ladder in this episode. <laughs> Enough with the ladders. Right? But uh, just also that they... <laughs> That they actually let you never really get to hear 
a, a black actor talk about, or black people in general talk about, the frustration of being faced with racism and not being violent in response. Mm-hmm. Like, and the fact that he uh, yeah. was like, I just want to punch you in the face, or, oh my God, this place. Like, when he's talking about, he was trying to help that, that white guy at the end, and he's like, don't talk to me that way, boy. And he's like, what is with this place? Because, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not as uh, aggressive as that nowadays, but you still have those moments where you're just like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, do I have to deal with this right now? And so for them to actually acknowledge that was great. And then to also have Yas acknowledge that. But I also had a weird, I was like, are they talking crap about Mexicans this episode? Because <laughs> like, it was kind of a weird little yeah. in-joke <laughs> that I don't think really worked. But it was nice to see the two people of color actually address those things. And they also addressed uh, women and women's rights. Yeah. Like the whole mm-hmm. Yas and Rosa scene. Yeah. Yeah, I think with the Mexican thing, it was more of well, we don't know what you are and you're brown, so you must be Mexican. Like, yeah, but then they kept making a joke about it. They kept it. Make, yeah. making Mexican jokes. Keep going on with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was light, so it was okay, but it was just, it was it, it was on the edge of getting a little offensive. It was that, like, 20, like, if this was just in the 21st century kind of thing where somebody had just been mistaken, mm-hmm. like, I could, like, I see how that sense of humor fits. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in, a, in, a, in a separate context where there's not, like, all this other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. In the context of a Rosa Parks yeah. episode, it, it was a little like, ooh, that's a little... Yeah, they well, mentioned Sombrero at one point. It was The first much. joke was fine. When she, like, makes a reference to it, to kind of, because to, it kind of showed that she was letting it slide off her back. Uh-huh. But then when they kept bringing it up, I was like, yeah. Okay, well, now what are you doing? And the Mexican yeah. blood stuff is a little weird. Yeah. But one thing I did like with her was when she was on the bus and she couldn't figure out where to sit. Mm. She didn't quite, because she was mm-hmm. led in the front mm-hmm. and out the back. So the idea of, like, she's a person of color, but where is she in the spectrum? Where is she in the line? She doesn't really know. She's it honestly to just it depends on the situation. Yeah. So on the bus, you might be fine, but you probably won't be fine in a restaurant. Yeah, she, they weren't fine in a you restaurant. You won't be fine yeah. in a pool, but you'll be fine here. Like, so it's... Right, like it, it was a spectrum then as much as it is now. So yeah, yeah. Um, the, there was some great moments from Ryan. I really liked his. Like he got to have a fun time travel moment when he went to the meeting, and he's like turning between. Thank Say you, Doctor King. Full name. What was that, Rosa Parks? <laughs> yeah, his eyes get really big. He's like, oh yeah. My God. yeah. The fact that he's also like Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. He's like, you could just say Doctor King and. Yeah, and, and Rosa, Rosa. Or whatever. Mrs. Parks. Mrs. Parks. I mean, yeah. it's, you don't have to say everyone's full name all the time. <laughs> but, like, I could totally see all of us doing mm-hmm. that. Oh, like, yeah. Because oh, yeah. these people aren't, like, first names. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just entire names. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, even, I don't know, I don't, whatever your feelings are about the new Star is Born, there's a moment in the, in the movie really where cool. he talks about... <laughs> How he's no longer just Jackson. Like, everyone says his full name, Jackson. I can't think of right, his name right, right now. Right. And I was like, oh, that is so true. When you think about and you talk about celebrities, it's never just, I'm not going to be like, so yeah, I was I was watching a movie with Brad. And you're like, Brad who? Oh, Brad Pitt. Right. <laughs> like, right. Okay. Yeah. Or oh, Mr. Pitt. Brad it's Pitt. like, it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. So that would make sense that he would only do the full name. Yeah. Okay. Um, a little off topic, but I, uh, a lot of people are talking about the music of this episode. Oh. So I'd love to talk about that, if possible. Because... Yeah, so that, that big final scene. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you guys think of the music choice there? Zia. <sighs> that, yeah, that one really bothered me. I was like, come on, guys. Look, I, I understand why they were playing it, just in the thought process of being like, yeah, you know. But the moment would have been, in my opinion, probably more poignant without the song. 
Like, it would have been just as impactful. I don't really think it was needed, and it, it kind of messed with the feeling of the show a little bit for me. Yeah. A lot of people on the chat have been saying how it feels like it's it's going to date the show. It's going to date the episode really strongly because it's a popular song, kind of more of the – it's more of last year, but – it's still something that was around, and it felt a little odd. I also felt like throughout the show, they had this like Apollo thirteen music, which was pretty good sometimes. It was but then it got over. Then sometimes. they overdid it a couple of times. Everything yeah. kind of became saccharine because of the music choices, yeah. and well, it was really overloaded at the end. Um, it's a rarity for Doctor Who to use modern. Pop music. Yeah. That was the only yeah. reason that threw me off. Like it, I've seen so many things that use like pop music mm-hmm. or pop music covers in those kind of situations, mm-hmm. and I'm not even familiar with this song. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It, it only took me out of it because it's not a Doctor Who style. Yeah, like yeah. this is something you see in movies a lot. Or but like, NBC overused that for some trailer for some show, and yeah, I was like, n- I want to stab my television. <laughs> Network shows. Like I remember, yeah. I, uh, like House did it. All the time, but it'd usually usage. be some kind of cover with Hugh Laurie playing piano, yeah. which was awesome. But like, it just but that was the style of the show, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that style. It's just not something that we see on Who. The yeah. booth is asking us what the song was, but I'm not going to tell it's... you because I don't want it stuck in my head again. Uh... So I don't want to play it again. Uh... <laughs> but it's, it's "Rise Up" by yeah. someone. I don't know. Rise up yeah. by somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I don't but like a lot the of song. people, a lot of people on the chat are <laughs> saying. Some of the people on the too, chat yeah. are saying that they actually it made them more emotional and it well, was effective. I, I did say as much as I don't like that song, I did think that that was the best usage of the song that I've seen so far mm-hmm. in terms of people using it for television and film. Because um, that makes sense about like you know that was a, a, a pivotal moment in the civil rights movement when she uh, sat on the bus and when they. You know, we're able to magnify that to lead to the Montgomery yeah. uh, bus boycotts and all the other civil rights movements that came after it. Or, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> like, but, mm, but it did kind of, it didn't feel very Whovian for them to use a modern day song. And it does date it. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think in like, if people are watching in five years, it'll just be a song. Yeah. Whether, like, again, to me, I didn't know the song. So it was just a song under there and it didn't bother me that I didn't know it. So I think that I don't know if that'll hurt it too much yeah, in the long run. Melissa in the chat also says that it's tied into the Black Lives Matter movement, which I didn't realize. I didn't but know that. I don't know if it mm. quite is or not. Yeah. But if yeah, it is, that, I guess that would make a bit more sense to use it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and a lot of people are also saying in the chat that the uh, I think they were just trying to tie, do the whole Vincent and Doctor feel to the ending. Like using yeah. an important like a uh, historical moment and talking about why it's important now. Did, well, they did use a modern day song for Vincent, didn't they? I think they, they did, actually. Yeah. So that would make sense. It was very sweeping. Yeah. That also didn't move me very much either, though. Oh, that. that <laughs> the well, end of Vincent, song, I think like, the song distra- took me out. Um, but his, his performance, his performance yeah. moved me. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so real quick, before we uh, dive into sort of our closing thoughts and our, mm-hmm. our, our who's who and who segment at the mm-hmm. end of the episode, I want to real quick, another way that you can help the show out, help the podcast, is to go on to iTunes and hit us with a rating and a review. It helps people, other people find the podcast. So if you're enjoying it, help other people enjoy it by just going and hitting us with a review. And then we get to shout you out on the show as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I want to shout out Mark's Wise this week. Who says the uh, talk about the ghost mind unit episode last week's episode? Did anyone notice the, uh, what the doctor was reading on the floor 
that it was Gallifreyan. Mm-hmm. And she was reading uh, the, the circles and lines, and they say, love the show. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I do like that detail in the TARDIS where there's like on the bands of the steps is all Gallifreyan, mm-hmm. which probably means something mm-hmm. and translates something. Yeah, I don't read Gallifreyan. Um, I you know I took a little bit of it in in middle school, but like <laughs> I always forget that. It's, stuff. Yeah, and just like Hebrew, I can read some some words in it, but I don't even know what I'm saying yeah. half the time. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. I, uh, lastly, I want to make sure that we talk about like. What do you guys? I, I want to know what you guys think. And chat, please respond to this as well. Um, three episodes in, what do you think about Jody's doctor? I think I just really want to know: Is the doctor Banksy? <laughs> <laughs> that was a gr- that was great. No, do I? I? That was a great joke. I just love every time they put her sense of humor into it. I think it makes a character really strong. Yeah. And I feel like the Banksy joke was like made me like the character and her doctor even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that like see more of that. it's like okay, so this is the doctor who's going to like mess with everyone mm-hmm. in yeah. like little yeah. ways like the prank, like is she turning into the prankster doctor? That's yeah. what I was saying last week. I think she's like the mischievous person you're in detention with. That's <laughs> right? what I get. That's what I get from her, which I love. I like lo- and if that's the read that we get and they build on that and make that like really her thing, mm-hmm. like I think this is going to be fun. Uh, Zia, what did you think of? uh, I agree. No, I really, yeah, I really liked her in this. She was, she was more fun, which is odd to say in this kind of an episode. But she still was like she had that in those moments with the companions, and um, like I said, she had a lot of. I know I already mentioned this before, but she had a lot of like sass in this episode, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. I kind of like sassy doctor. I would like to see more of that. yeah, and I definitely see a lot more of the Doctor's personality coming out. It's it's You see the Doctor in it, but you also see her take on it. And I really like it. I like where we're at in the third episode. Right. Adrian, what were you? Uh, no, yeah, I really I really like Jodie's uh, version of the Doctor. I think um, uh, she's light, but threatening. I also like that she's constantly negotiating that she's now a woman. And mm-hmm. so, like, when somebody called her a ma'am, she's like, oh, still getting used to that. Um, so <laughs> it's, like, still, um, it's kind of just a nice little reminder of, how am I going to say this? <laughs> it's nice to uh, see that she's clearly a woman, but without the limitations and, and BS of what it's like to constantly be a woman. And so she, the way she handles things and addresses things is from somebody who's had a, a level of privilege where that's never been questioned. Mm. And so it's nice to see that they're they're not taking that away from the doctor just because now the doctor is, has the body and appearance and voice of a woman. So and I, I hope they kind of play with that and we get to kind of like have a conversation about that. Yeah, because it, it's interesting. Even when I was like, is nobody going to comment on the fact that she's. A white woman in pants and boots in 1955, Montgomery, Alabama. And she's wearing a rainbow T-shirt with suspenders. Yeah. Like I was, I, I'm so I'm, I'm looking forward to that moment because they did hint at them speaking on women's rights as well. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to affect the doctor when his slash her time comes when yeah. she's faced with that. I was, I, you, you, you hit on something like that. I was waiting for somebody to comment on her clothing yeah. too. Cause like that's with, um, like if you look at like what Matt Smith generally wore mm-hmm. and what David Tennant wore, especially and, and Peter Capaldi as well, they 
all Timeless. wore like mm-hmm. yeah, they all wore suits that like pretty much fit. Unless you were in ancient Rome, yeah. you you pretty much blended in more mm-hmm. or less. Like mm-hmm. it was all some form of a coat and a tie and a vest, or like sometimes maybe an unbuttoned shirt with a tie, and like this jacket doesn't have a collar, but like it was all basics. Yeah. Um, but this is such a loud clothing choice. Yeah. Somebody yeah. in history has to be like. It's a loud what? clothing choice for a woman. And so if if that were, I mean, up until pretty much like 1960, even on a man, that would be okay. Like if the trousers would be, you know, they might be thrown off by the whole getup, but right. it would still wouldn't look that off-putting. Well, but, not a suit made out of um, question marks, though. It's, it's not, not. That's yeah. just not true. a question mark. That's true. But it's just something that you wouldn't... There, there used to be a point in history where women didn't wear pants. And so eventually that has to, yeah. I would hope, get acknowledged. Right. Yeah, so, or, or even just, but even just, even a guy in like suspenders and a rainbow yeah. t-shirt, he looks, he'll look, come off like a clown. Exactly. I was like, before the 1960s, even he's going to look weird in that outfit. But with her, it's going to stand out also extremely more before right. the 1960s. Yeah. I'm sure there's so. going to be one episode this season where someone starts talking to Graham like he's supposed to be the leader of the group, and she has to kind of correct them. I'm waiting for kind of that yeah. to happen. I'm yeah. sure. I'm waiting for her, and we did see a little bit of that in this episode where even when Graham like put his arm around her and mm-hmm. had to be like, "Oh, honey, mm-hmm. uh, who we are," and seeing her get like really like, uncomfortable about yeah. the whole thing. And he was, nice. I thought he was way more uncomfortable than she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's uh, take this moment. I want to just dive in real quick to our segment. Who's who and who? And this episode, we talked like uh, we talked a little bit about this last week. Same director. Okay. Um, so if you if you heard us talk about Mark uh, Tondry, who I still don't know how to pronounce his last name, Tondry. But he but he directed last week's episode and this week's episode. It was written by Mallory Blackman, um, who I have not seen anything that that she has done. I'm um, what is what the Frighteners? Wait, no, the Wait. TV show. Oh, huh. not the movie? Frighteners TV show. From 1996. So they made it right they after the movie. Yeah. Can you click on that real quick? Interesting. Uh, I'll open up. And then uh, Pig Heart Boy was a series for a while. Biker Grove. I Again, uh, I don't have any knowledge hmm. of these shows. So Cool. Frighteners. Next person? <laughs> um, but uh, we, okay, we talked yeah. a little bit about like some of the cast yeah, connections yeah. that um, we've seen some of these these actors and actresses before. Um, Josh Bowman, Josh Bowman, Jeanette uh, Robinson, yes, uh, who we saw in Sherlock. Yeah. Moffat just like throwing people like they're, they're all over the place. It's nice that Josh Bowman finally got to be British. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is British, but you, you never uh, get to see him do that. He had a very He's very American. It's funny. I actually didn't revenge. know that. And then when I met him and talked to him and mm-hmm. he, with his accent, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He does a good American accent. I, he does. I, I didn't know. It's a pretty classic one. You kind of have good. to do like a good American accent if you're if you're a working Brit no, you yeah. don't. actor. You really don't. Well, <laughs> if you're a working Brit actor and not like don't. and not a giant like like star, then you can kind of fake it. No, I mean I mean, we never mind. We had a whole conversation <laughs> about how Brits have a standard American accent that's no longer a standard American accent. So, because it all sounds very, it all sounds very like this. It's very dry and low in the mouth, right. and that's not how all Americans sound. <laughs> the, other, so. the other question I wanted to ask you guys: What are you thinking of the score so far this season? Because this is the first season. 
that it has a new composer in years. Oh. That's what I was saying about this episode. It seemed like they overdid it a couple times. They had these grand sweeping mm-hmm. kind of very. Uh, it kept reminding me of Apollo thirteen, <laughs> like John Williamsy music, and then it kind of. They kept going like every single time Rosa Parks opened her mouth. Yeah, I felt like the music sw- like was swelling up, mm. and I think they kind of overdid it a bit. Yeah, that tends to happen when you're telling stories about the civil rights movement. Yeah, and every movie I watch in the civil rights movement, I'm like, you could take it down a notch. Uh, in terms of the grandiose, the you know, and like Apollo yeah. 13, anything from the 60s is like grandiose, and it's like you're okay, um, huh? And then, um, so Sagoon Akinola is the new composer. Murray Gold having stepped away okay. at the same time mm-hmm. as um, as Stephen Moffat. Um, is he a person? Yeah, he's a person. Um, and this this composer um, did uh, uh, no. Uh, the only thing I've seen is Nova, the TV series, okay. uh, the documentary series. Um, it seems like episodes. maybe so, I'm crazy, but that Chibnall is diversifying. He is, I think, trying to like, I, and especially there was a, definitely a clear effort to change up a mm-hmm. lot of the mm-hmm. the cast and crew. And, but he's like, hiring like people of color, yes, and women yeah, and, yeah, or women of color, um, or women and men of color. I think, and I think he's doing a good job so far, nice. especially about like bringing in uh, and bringing in new voices and new talents to Doctor Who. And we'll, we'll talk about them as they come onto the show. Nice. Um, so as we wrap out, let's do very quick. Uh, we'll, we'll sign off and they each give a quick prediction. Your After Buzz TV prediction. Dave, what are you thinking? Oh, boy. Prediction first, I guess. Uh, I think, I think I don't know. The show's going to keep being great. And I think it's going down a path. And I, I really like how these last couple of episodes they've done Monster... Uh, space travel, time travel, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see where they go next. And I hope they kind of combine them all. It's like a monster episode. at home. Yeah, it'd be right. nice to have like a time travel monster that like have all three of them in the next one. Mm. But I'm Dave Child. You can find me at Mr. Dave Child or DaveChild.com because I'm Dave Child. Zia, oh. what are you thinking? Drank it all. Um, I'm thinking just going off of this episode that we might see Crasco again, and I have a. A uh, little bit of a feeling, or I don't know if I would like to see this, or if it would just be kind of interesting to have him be part of something else and maybe not just acting on his own. So mm-hmm. maybe he comes back and there's more like him. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent him back. So something like that. I also like where it's going. I like the monsters. Those are always my favorite. So I'm hoping to see more monsters. Um, and I'm Zia Anderson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Zia underscore land. It's XIA underscore land. And uh, right after this on Marvel TV Weekly. I think probably it's all interconnected and the alien whose name I've forgotten. I'm sorry. I'm busy. Tim Shaw. Uh, Tim Shaw. Uh, it's somehow connected to Crasco, which it makes sense. They seem to all kind of be like slightly racist things. Um, <laughs> and I'm honestly, I'm just really excited to see Mr. Big. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, because I like Chris Noth, not because I really like Mr. Big that much. He's sexist. But... I am, fight me. I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Miss Adrian Snow. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing. I, I, I agree. I think Crasco's coming back. I think him teaming up with Tim Shaw or Tim Shaw's people mm-hmm. is something that was, that's definitely in the cards. 
or that he I, I, again I think the timeless child is going to become a major major part of this season uh, we're just waiting for it to come uh, I'm Zach Wilson you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson uh, also be sure to tune in later this week with me Zia and Jesse Klein talk about Daredevil season 3 we're going to be talking about the first four episodes on Wednesday night uh, I believe at 7pm uh, so stay tuned to Twitter for all of that to be 100% sure but uh, and then I'm going to be stopping by Marvel TV Weekly this week. Um, And then I also do a podcast where we ship characters together and uh, discuss whether they would get sexy together or not. Uh, That's called Ships in the Night. Uh, This has been the Doctor Who After Buzz TV After Show. Thanks for geeking out with us. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.